0: hello and welcome to the admin bar the community that helps you streamline your processes sharpen your skills and demand higher paying projects my name is kyle van dusen from ogle web design just outside of fort worth texas and we were supposed to be live right now but we're not because facebook took a giant dump and killed our big hopes and dreams to have this live so instead (laughs) we're going to backup plan uh number one here and we are recording this and we're going to uh, post it all as soon as we're done. Of course, you can see we have Jim Galliano here today to talk to us uh, about building, uh, about the Solopreneur's Guide, a, uh, a course he's got coming up, and uh, a bunch of really cool things he's got wrapped into it. But before we get started talking with Jim, I want to uh, say hello and good morning to Matt from Haria Strategic Design. How's it going today, Matt?
1: Oh man, today is, uh, it's it's a good day, but uh, it's a it's a hectic, stressful day, and like you said, we should be streaming live right now, but Facebook uh, decided that that wasn't in the cards today. Um, you know, it is snowing, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that, and the ground outside is white for the first time this
0: year, and that's uh, it's always fun. No thank you to all the snow. It's cold <laughs> here, and I don't like that. All right. Well, let's just jump into this because I'm I'm excited to get this thing done and posted. So right now I'm like anxious. Uh, so let's just jump into this. Let's say good morning and hello to Jim. Jim, how are you doing today? Uh, good morning.
2: It's uh, good to be here. And, and and you guys are pros. I mean, you handled everything really good.
0: I don't know about um, that. Yeah.
2: I. Yeah. You know, if anything makes me emotional, uh, it's tech not working properly. It doesn't make any difference what it is. I kind of overreact to it. You guys handled this like brilliantly so I I'm not going to complain on my end about it.
0: You know what? It's funny you say that because my very first introduction to you was when tech broke down uh, dramatically, and actually you were like the coolest person I've ever seen under that pressure. You were on uh, WP Builds' 100th show ah, uh, yeah, celebration. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you see, the thing is, the tech was on somebody else's side. When it's yeah, yeah. on my side, is when I get uh, when I overreact.
0: Right. So for those of you that missed that. Uh, the host of the show got booted out of the room, and Jim was there. Uh, who was in there with you? Somebody was in there with you.
2: Um, I believe it was. Um, I I can't remember. Was it Tom?
0: I don't remember who was in there, but no, David McCann was yeah, yeah, it was David. So, y'all were in there, and uh, you just pretty much took over and started talking and acted like this was completely all planned and this is exactly what we were here to do. And it was just uh, it was brilliant, it was like nothing ever went wrong. And I was like, (laughs) who is this guy? And then I got introduced to Jim Galliano, and the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, that's great. That's so. We are actually here today because Jim wrote me, I don't know, a few weeks back and said, hey, guess what? I'm putting together a, a course with all of these things that I'm constantly talking about, how I run my business, how my operations are, my processes, how he's built a successful business uh as a solo agency and i'm super excited about that that's something that i aspire to do and i'm working on and the solo path is the path that i want to be on for several different reasons that i think we'll discuss in this episode so he's actually launching a course um uh, this coming friday which will be the 15th is that correct yes. yeah friday the 15th 9 a.m friday the 15th 9 a.m and it's going to run all the way through uh, registration ends the 29th correct
2: Yeah, Yeah, it ends the 29th. And the reason why I decided to do it that way um, is because I want to work with this group of people in like live live webinar type settings. I was thinking about Facebook Live, but after today, maybe just do the (laughs) webinar side.
1: Um, Run away.
2: And that way I can answer specific questions because one of the issues people have is you get information and somewhere in there you get stuck and there's no one to ask. And so that's why I wanted to make uh, December the month where I worked with everybody Through these live sessions. And that way, when January comes, everybody's ready to hit the ground running with something um, better (laughs) than they have today, hopefully.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So uh, one of the best pieces of news about this course is I think we're all pretty used to courses being, I don't know, somewhere from $300 to $1,000. Generally in that range, I think it's pretty expected now. Uh, and Jim's course is is coming in at $97, which I think is a little bananas, but uh, Jim is awesome like that. So I don't think it's a reflection that the quality is lower. I just think it's a reflection that uh, Jim wants to share this information, and he's a kind guy. You can find out more information if you go to theadminbar.com/solo. S O S-O-L-O, L O, solo. Yep,
1: and uh, if you forget that, I'm just going to point out. I'm sure you see it, but uh, to anybody watching this, that link is right to the uh, the left of Jim. There you go. Perfect.
0: So let's uh, let's dive in and kind of talk about who this course is for, why you built it, and what people can find inside. Because I think a lot of us are suffering from some of the symptoms you talk about in this course, and we might not realize it. In fact, when I first started doing this, I didn't realize that Uh, Just going at this solo with the plan to always be pretty much a solopreneur was a real thing. Uh, But I found that's what I want to do. And now uh, I have somebody to kind of help me along that journey. So I'm not uh, not making it up. So the first thing I want to ask you is kind of what is the difference between a solopreneur strategy in, in this web agency world versus the big traditional agency model?
2: Well, you know, um, to simplify it as a solopreneur, you're basically the face of your company. You're the owner, you're the CEO, whatever, whatever label resonates with you. I know a lot of people will just, you know, debate, well, that's technically not a solopreneur. That's more of an agency or that's not really a agency. That's more of a solopreneur and they go back and forth. But if you think about how solopreneurs are in other industries, for example, an actor is a solopreneur. If they get hit by a truck tomorrow, the business ends. Um, Uh, A musician is a solopreneur. A writer is a solopreneur. There's solopreneurs in every imaginable industry. They can do really, really well. So the idea that if you're just one person, you can't do well is, you know, it's not true at all. But the other side of it is you can take an actor, for example. I mean, they have um, representatives. Uh, Who knows how many people actually represent one actor, right? From the actual agent themselves to the people that work with them day in and day out. But still, they maintain that sense of um, freedom because they're an individual. They don't have to necessarily convince a board um, on the direction they want to take. It's the same thing with any kind of solopreneur, writers, videographers. So the idea here is that when you're building something, originally we start out with that idea is we want some freedom. The idea of taking something from... Uh, that's creative from concept to completion. It's really fulfilling whether you're building a website or designing a brochure when you're in that creative spot. And I still, even after 20 years, actually 30 years if you count 1988, but um, I still enjoy it. I I didn't get tired of that part of it. What I grew tired of was all of the things that come with building an agency, all of those moving parts and it didn't take me long to come to the conclusion that I just get overwhelmed really easily. And when I get overwhelmed, I get frustrated. And then I get caught in that, that loop of thinking like, I need to do this, this, and this, but I'm not doing it. I'm doing it, but I'm not getting the result that I want. And then you kind of just sit back and you know feel sorry for yourself. So I've been through all of that. And the idea of putting this course together was to try and walk people through that same path that I took but do it in such a way that they would have the freedom to take what I was giving them and to apply it to what they were doing. So the balance that I tried to, to hit here was giving people enough information where they knew what to do next, but not so much information that they drown in that
0: particular topic. And that's, that's interesting. You bring that up too, because I'm, I'm a bit of a courseaholic in the fact that I just like to learn all these things. So I've I've jumped in on a lot of different courses. And what I end up realizing is that there's a ton of detail in there and what I take out of most of them is two or three things that were actionable that I applied directly into my business right then and move forward. Now I've been happy with those purchases cuz sometimes it's one little thing that makes it worth it for you, you know. But when you when you when you try to teach a, an entire system, an entire process, top to bottom, these are all the things you're going to have to follow for me. I'm just like, well, I don't work this way. It's going to be, if it's take it or leave it, then I'm going to leave it. You know? So I think the approach of here's, here's all these things I've learned and here's how you could adapt them into what you're already doing just makes it a lot more attainable for people. Yeah.
1: And I think adaptation is, is key there because like you said, you know, between you and I, I mean, our styles are similar. Like we use the pretty much the same stack, uh, developing websites, but you know, our, our work processes are quite different, you know? And I mean, that, that goes for everybody. So yeah, something that, uh, that it's all good tips. It's all good advice. It's all good practice, but how do you spin that in a way that works specifically for you?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think, I think part of the uh there being a lot of listen these groups communities teachers gurus whoever you want to call them have taught me a ton and they have fast tracked my business like you wouldn't believe i wouldn't be where i am today had i not been listening to all these people unfortunately it takes a little while to start weeding through and figuring out what's applicable to what you're trying to build and i think there's a lot of people out there teaching really good techniques for the type of business i'm not actually trying to build so trying to adapt those techniques into what i'm doing is a bit foolish. So I know you've kind of talked about this before, Jim. And I think, I think I'm guilty of this, and I think others will realize they might be guilty of this too. Are some of us like solopreneur people trying to use an agency model and trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole?
2: Oh, absolutely. That I mean, that really hit the nail on the head there. Because if you go into an agency today, a uh, brick and mortar agency, you'll notice that they have several different departments in there, uh, beside bookkeeping. So they may have a marketing department, a sales department, a creative department, upper management. And so we see all those things and we look at them and say, okay, yeah, business needs to have this element, this element, this element. And so what happens though, is that the thing that brought us into this business to begin with, at least the three of us, I probably could say is that we enjoy that creative process and we enjoy building something. That's what we really enjoy, but we can't make a living Unless enough people know that, hey, we can build this for you. We can make this for you. We can help you with this. And so now that brings in other aspects that maybe we didn't really think a whole lot about when we got started, like sales and marketing and how to get those processes built into what we're doing now. But the problem is when you start looking at processes, then you get lost in steps. It's like, oh, my God, I, you know for this, I got to do this, 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 and this. And then something doesn't work, and so we just stop. And then we divert back to what we do best, which is in a lot of cases, nothing. We just hope that people refer people to us so that we can keep some work coming in. And the thing is, is that the longer we're in this business, the more that actually starts to work where people are referring us and we don't have to put as much effort in as we did at the beginning. But on the downside, we're kind of like, we don't have a process to keep new prospects coming in the door. We don't have a sales process to make sure that we give 100% in getting that new client to sit down at the table and become a client with us. We spend a lot of time on, wow, there's a new uh, contact form plugin. Imagine <laughs> Imagine how we can really up our contact form uh, game. Or Guilty of member-
0: buying one this week. <laughs> <a client here. laughs>
2: and So we go into all this minutiae of detail as it relates in our business to our creative processes at the expense of our sales process and our marketing process. These processes that we love to talk about with each other are second nature to us. It's relaxing. But you start talking about things like sales and leads. And to the creative mind, it's kind of like a bummer because I didn't get in this business to like um, talk about leads and ads and, you know, um, repixels and all of this stuff. I got in here to make stuff. And so what we see happening is a lot of people will say, hey, you know what, let's just do a white label agency where we can just work calmly in the background and then we'll let other people do the sales process. Some people take that route. But what I'm putting forth is there is a way to take all of these necessary elements. Think about our human body, for example. When you go to bed at night, do you have to think, all right, I got to like remind myself to breathe while I'm sleeping. No, you have a process that's built into your body that takes care of that after you eat food, you know, do you have to focus on digesting? No, it's just a natural process that's built in. So taking that concept and bringing it into business, there are ways that we can structure things so that we naturally do the right things without feeling like, okay, this is just another box uh, to tick, another box to check.
0: And I think one thing, you know, when we're kind of talking about using some of those agency strategies in a solopreneur type setting, I think for a lot of people, uh, whether the, the solopreneur journey is what we're ultimately after or not, maybe we do want to aspire to build something bigger and, and a big agency full of people and brick and mortar and all this. But I think when you're starting out, you're kind of forced into this solopreneur position until you can build the business. But I think what we learn and what's taught as far as like how do you get clients, how do you get new leads? how do you keep the pipeline cool? I think a lot of the things that are taught are things that big agencies are doing, and those aren't the things that work for you and I people in a little town you know trying to trying to make a living and what I've really learned a lot from you over you know the over a year I've been listening to your podcast and having you on and talking to you is this this much more like personal approach to doing all this and not only did I find stepping back from trying to do all these big, huge moving part type things was, not only was it more effective, it was a whole lot easier to just be me and talk to people. Like that that did a whole lot more for me than anything.
2: Yeah, you know, I have some friends that fly around the country selling uh, products that start, I think on the low end, like half a million. And they're some of the top salespeople for their companies. So when they're in town and we go out to dinner and we talk, I kind of like ask them, how would you apply this if you had a web design business? Or how would you apply this if you had um, you know, a digital business? What, what tools do you use? And, and the funny thing was all of them said that the tools themselves were secondary. Matter of fact, they said that, and these are guys like that are in their, their 50s. Um, so they've been doing it for a while. And they said all the younger generation co- uh, concentrates on the tech. But what we do is we actually buy a ticket, get on a plane, fly to the city show up at the guy's door and invite them out for lunch and that's where the deals are done they're done at you know like in the old days it used to be uh done on the golf course but it can be done at you know in the uh, in the bistro it could be done at the bar it can be Done all those places matter of fact one of the oldest living organizations that's still around today that we don't speak of They did business like that they didn't have like a formal headquarters where people came in they didn't have an office you know they were afraid that it'd be bugged you know i'm talking about so so what they did is they went out on the streets and they met with business owners one-on-one this is what we have this is what we do this is how uh we can help you and they would say things like if you ever have a problem you call us somebody ever comes in here and hassles you your mom your sister anybody in the neighborhood you call me i am your contact person okay, so we're getting more than just protection, we're getting all of these other things that extends to all this. And so that's the way it worked in the old days. And I, I heard all about that from the time I was like six years old. And uh, I was fascinated by it. So fascinated, in fact, that my parents made sure we moved out of the city into <laughs> what was the country at the time <laughs> during my formative years. Uh, and, and thank God they did. But <laughs> You know, I I began to learn about these guys, some of them were professional gamblers and card sharks, and they were in like the muscle racket and all this other stuff. But then I learned about the business side of what they were doing and how they did it, Um, how they had two sets of books for things. And I'm looking at all this and I said, this is the most simplified business I've ever seen. This is like just people talking to people. Today it happens in politics all the time. throw out all the labels, all the political labels, and what you have in the background is this machine working, right? The faces has changed, but the process stays the same. It's all about um, connections, who you're connected to, who you owe favors to. So my grandfather, I think I've told this story before, but um, he built up a lot of goodwill in like the first half of his life. And in the second half, he needed it. Mm-hmm. And so he called in what he needed. Well, in life, it's kind of just like that. You know, in business, you want to be able to give and give and give and not be stingy, you know, because the, uh, the reality of it is we all need each other. We all, we all can support each other. We can all make life a lot easier for each other as we begin to share things. And yeah, we all need to make money. That's the obvious thing. But what makes this business so enjoyable for me, is not the business itself, but it's about the relationships and the people I get to meet. That if this business structure wasn't here, I never would have met them. Never, ever, ever. So this business has taken me places I could have never gotten to probably any other way. I've been able to do some pretty, be involved in some bitty, pretty big campaigns, like the, a run for the governor and the Senate um, in <clears throat> North Carolina, and just all these other pieces that, wow, this has been an incredible journey. But beneath it all was, you know what? I don't want to build something that's going to suck the life out of me and it's really easy to do unless you have a plan because without the plan we just react all day long is a bunch of reactions somebody emails you they have a problem you react to it you stop what you're doing you jump on that somebody calls on the phone they have a problem you stop what you're doing you react to that unless you have some simple systems in place now obviously when there's an emergency you have to react to it but Unless you have some simple systems in place, your productivity level is like, it's like climbing a mountain, right? There's just so many things to do and it seems and feels like everybody else is doing it but you. I don't know how many people I talk to, they, they say that, well, you've got all this and everything. It's easy for you to say, yeah, but under, what, what's the system underneath it? That's what's really making all of it work.
0: Yeah, I think... <laughs> obviously we don't have to join any kind of uh uh underground club to be part of this course. i just want to make that extremely clear um and if this is being listened to that's this was just an analogy It's just an analogy just an analogy, just an analogy. so I, I think you know i think what you're saying is really applicable to a lot of us that are trying to put in a bunch of tools and processes and systems and let me buy this tool and that tool and these things and that things and i think it's always in search of this where is the easy button for all this to just start working when do i just buy this one thing that puts everything into place and i think you know we we over things um unnecessarily. Right. So we, we make things more difficult on ourselves. So is there an easy button?
2: Um, well, in this particular course, I broke everything down into 10 modules. So conceivably there might be an easy button for a particular personality type within those modules. Like for example, um, how do I do it? I started podcasting in 2017. I had no idea that I would have the uh, response that I do. But people locally who own big businesses find out that I have a podcast and are impressed even though they've never listened to a single episode. All they see there is like a hundred and something episodes, you know, and they think, wow, you must really know how to navigate the online world. And that sells everything else. On my site, uh, how I describe myself, internet consultant my God, how vague is that? Right. But you see, the thing is, is that the reason why I chose that and the reason why it works so well is I'm able to meet everybody at the place of their, at their struggle. So for example, one person may say, oh, you know, our, our Facebook page just is not getting, um, the kind of traffic or interaction we'd hoped for. And that's the beginning of the conversation. Now, I can pull solutions out of the uh, social media sphere. I could pull out of the email marketing sphere. I can pull it out of the graphic design sphere or the website development. I am free as a solopreneur because I represent an industry. I'm not just trying to say, hey, I build websites, buy one, please. Or I'm a designer, let me fix your design. Because each one of those people, before I actually talk to them, they already have made up their mind what their problem is. And so rather than try and come in with a pre matched solution for them, I look to get to the uh, open a dialogue with them. And basically, people just tell me now, hey, just how much would it cost for you to just take everything over and just do it and tell us what to do? You know, when I tell them, they'll say, well, what's like the mini or plan? <laughs> is, there, is there a mini plan attached to that? And so now we, we've opened up a discussion. And, and a lot of times I'll actually say this. I'll say, um, how much money do you have for uh, your advertising budget? Oh, you know, and they'll think for a minute, and I'll say, well, you know, low end, high end. What's a, what? A, how much? Because the thing is, is that what we do, our creative services, they're part usually of what people consider to be their advertising budget. So you're going to get a number that's a lot different than how much are you willing to pay for a new logo, or how much are you willing to pay for. So what we're doing is instead of leading with a service, uh, we're leading with a solution, a problem that we're going to fix. And we discover what that problem is in our one-on-one dialogue. Now, how most people do it is they think, gee, I do this, this, and this. Let me put it all on the website. So when somebody comes by, they can see that, okay, this is what we have, but then they put prices there, right? So then it's kind of like, Oh, this guy sells it for a thousand, but somebody else sells it for 700 and their website looks pretty cool too. So I guess, you know, and, and you become like a commodity that way. Whereas this way you become a guide to a person that's lost and this online world is becoming so complex, so overwhelming for people that your value as a guide in and of itself is greater than any of the single services that we offer.
1: And it's true. I mean, I can't count how many times I've sat down with a client and, you know, they had their, their mindset, like, this is what we need. This is, you know, where we're struggling, etc. However, you know, in asking those questions, why, you know, why do you want to increase your Facebook reach? Like what, like, just, you know, trying to, to, to dig down into... Um, You know their their base problems, their their base uh, pain points, the root of it. The root of it. You know, there's so many different avenues you can take to solve. uh, You know, the same problem, and when you start really getting down to that root, I mean, regardless of whether or not, and this is actually almost word for word in my uh, my onboarding uh, project discovery, is you know, list out your goals, list out like the uh, the issues that you're having. and it doesn't need to be something that's about the internet you know it doesn't have to like just overall brand goals or business goals like let me know those before we even start talking because you know there may be different avenues to take and like you said you know there are people out there that are just designers and that's perfectly cool i'm not you know but as problem solvers when you sit down and that person had hired a designer only to, uh, to do their previous site, like so many times they've been burnt in the past and they're, they're really hesitant bringing on a new quote designer. But if you start asking those questions and you realize that maybe there's, there's a a few different avenues that they may be able to take to, to solve this problem, that once you start giving those alternate, uh, pieces of advice, they, they become smitten with you.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, for you, Matt, I would say like, if I was you and I was going in to meet somebody for the first time, I would, um, probably introduce myself using words that some that fall along these lines, you know, Hey, my name is Matt and I own a digital design and marketing agency, right? Because the first one is your strength. You do design, but the and marketing opens up the door for a lot of other things right? Especially when we say digital marketing, don't say internet marketing, because some people think of that in that language when I when I was in the marketing world, that's like the used car salespeople of, inter, you know, of marketing, right. Right. right? So You want to use the word digital marketing. So I own it, you know, I know, I own a digital design and marketing agency, I own a, a design and digital marketing, agency. however, you want to say it, but you come across as the owner of the business. Now you're one person, maybe, and that's okay, or you're one person, you want to bring somebody else on. So the idea here is that getting back to what we said earlier about all of the things that you need to do, um, both of you guys are really good designers. Matter of fact, if I had to argue in a court that you guys are better designers than I am, I think that I could do it successfully. (laughs) And I've been designing longer than you have. However, um, I kind of sacrificed my design education. And and reinvested that time that I could have spent on getting better at design at one point on getting better at marketing. Because marketing is kind of like the act of getting what you do in front of more eyeballs. And that was one of the things that before I came online when I did business, I couldn't get my products and services in front of of, of people's eyes except for manually. Like getting in my car and driving to a business and dropping off flyers or asking to speak with people. I actually did that at one point. And what was good about that is I got used to rejection and not taking it personally. So that's another aspect is the marketing. And then the sales is how do we present things so that yeah, you know it's the offer that they can't refuse. You know, how do you present an offer in a way that's really enticing to people? So I started to focus on those sides at the expense of my design side. And I did that for about 10 years. I lived, breathed and a marketing looking back on it what a waste of life that was but and the reason why I say that is because only the simple things work the rest is all I, I gotta tell you marketing is filled with just bs matter of fact most business advice in and of itself is bs because in on, on paper everything looks great all the charts and the processes look great but when we actually try and use them in the real world man the, the stop sign comes up people knock us off script all kinds of things go wrong and then it's like okay i have all this information great table talk i can impress people but it's not building my business so i began to eliminate as much as possible and so i had a bare bones marketing plan a bare bones sales approach and when it became bare bones when i turned 10 steps into two i was able to master those steps faster with more focus than I'd ever been able to do in the past decade.
1: You know, that's that's funny that uh, that you mentioned that that you know you're, you're pairing everything down quite a bit. Um, coming from the world of graphic design, like that's that's a similar process. You know, you you start with a blank canvas and you throw everything on there and 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 see what works, and then you just start stripping that stuff down until the design falls apart that last bit that, uh, that it just doesn't work anymore. You put that back and you're done. And more often than not, that's what a good piece of design work is. It's it, just exactly what you need without like the, the excess flair and the distractions, all that stuff. And, you know, coming at that, uh, that idea as a, like, you know, that's how you're going to structure your business. That totally makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to dig into a little bit. I, I know we're, uh, we're, we're getting through quite a bit of time here, but I know people I'm sure are already going to the forward slash solo and checking out your page. And I want to, I want to go over some of the things that jumped out at me on your page as things you're covering. Uh, and I wrote some notes in here and then kind of asked myself some questions I wanted to ask you. And the first one that I noticed was you talked about uh, how you're gonna teach in the course, how you talk about uh, setting prices and creating offers that are hard to refuse. So what exactly does that mean? Well, I'll go into it literally
2: without holding back. It means that there's three types of product uh, buyers. There's cheap people, rich people, and there's the people in between. And so we don't know who those people are. We can only guess by the clothes they wear, the homes they live in. But those things are very deceptive. A lot of times people that appear to be very wealthy or anything but, they're in hock and they're in debt. And the people that appear to be very plain and ordinary have quite a bit of money in the bank. So uh, we don't go by appearance. And that's hard to not do. So what I like to do is, first thing I do is I kind of shop an industry to see what the prices are. Low, high, end, middle. And then i get an idea because these people if they're hiring you or they're bringing you in for a certain topic everyone researches today i don't care what they're buying they look at reviews they look at pricing recently we decided we we're going to put a new roof on the house and new ac so of course we went out and we started looking at all those so if somebody comes up to us and says hey i'm going to do this job for five thousand everybody else is changing ten thousand right away the warning bell goes off you know but when you're young in this business you just want to make some money you got to pay a bill. You're behind on bills. You have credit card debt. You have all this. And so you react in desperation because, and even though this, this is true, a little bit of something is always better than a whole lot of nothing. And while that may solve the immediate need, that doesn't build the business long-term. Not a good long-term strategy. It's a, a put-out-the-fire strategy. Hey, you know what? I need $600 in four days. I'll do the job for $600 that you normally would have done 1600 or whatever. So by creating tier offers, you're able to present a low, high, and medium-sized bid or presentation that that person can then choose from which size would fit them best. And by doing that, you don't have to worry about coming in too low or coming in too high with one number and just wiping out the deal before it even gets off the ground.
0: And I've been very, very scared of that sometimes when I go in to write proposals and I say, God, you know, I, if, if I did this on the low end and the bare bones things, I could probably do it for X dollars. But what we really need to do is, you know, this thing and if we could really take it over the top with this thing and I'm just going to guess at which one they want, you know, and you run that risk. And it's a very real risk of coming in as a person, you know, with your air conditioning and, and roofing example there. The person that comes in way too low, it, it's a red flag. Well, look at it this way with a coin, it's 50 50, right? Sure.
2: You, there's two options. You can choose head or ta- tails. What if it's just heads and that's it? You, either, you know what I'm saying? You, you have three chances in a single
1: um, effort to get it right. So you um you you were talking about like you know pairing back uh like you know different uh, different ways that you go about things, um do you do you pull that into your your business plan as well or do you implement a business plan like what um you know what how how is that done and like is that is that important? Yeah, the easiest way to do it um is if you already have a business, create
2: or use this course or use these steps to create a fictitious business that parallels your own. Create the business plan. I go into how to do that in the beginning and I give different options, free software. I have a free one that's included that's just a a simple uh, business plan. And that's what you would actually present maybe to a banker or a lender or somebody like that if you wanted to get a loan. What it does is ensures that you have your I's dotted and your T's crossed, even if you never use it again, It forces you to think uh, strategically and systematically, what can we do? So the sales marketing side of it is built into the plan. This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna approach. Now, six months from now, that approach may not work. So we may have to substitute it for another approach, but we're not gonna be emotionally moved like in 30 days, no one's listening to our podcast, forget it. Let's try Pinterest, or nobody's responding to our pins. Let's try LinkedIn, which is what most people do. They assume because people aren't responding like in crowds that what they have is average or sucks, you know? The reality is we're all overwhelmed and distracted and you're gonna have to get your message consistently in front of the crowds before the right people are even gonna recognize, oh wow, there's there's that again. So yeah, the business plan is a critical um, component in getting started correctly in this business and I didn't use it. <laughs>
0: And so you have all that included in the course as well, right?
2: Yeah, um there's software that you can use um uh, uh, here I'll drop a name, um Sales and Marketing Pro by Palo Alto. It'll force you to create a sales and marketing plan, a uh, one that again you could present to a lender. Um and there's free ways to do it online. So there's different there's a lot of different ways to do it. Pick the one that you feel most comfortable with. Um and get it done
1: yeah and you know like getting out in front of people like you said you know there's there's a lot of repetition in good marketing um, and you you may see it as overkill or a client may see it as overkill you know we need a brand new uh, print ad or we need a, a brand new this or that you know and and it's something that's only seen every once in a while You know, so many times they just need, you know, basically the same thing and just release it again. It's it's more of a get it in front of people like you're because you see it so frequently. You think that it's obnoxious or you think this or that. But, you know, truth be told, if it's a print ad, for example, the person that sees it, they're probably only going to see it the one time in that one magazine. And if you can follow up with them later on a Facebook ad or a Google ad or, you know, something like that it really makes a world of difference. I mean, statistically, it's like the third or fourth interaction that somebody has with a brand before they, they make any sort of decision on them. You know, it's very rarely the first time you go out that, uh, you know, and, and do any kind of marketing push that you're going to see great results. Oh,
2: absolutely. You know, the other thing I just want to throw this in, uh, cause I know, uh, well, Kyle, you have maybe haven't been doing this as long as Matt does, but if you've been in this field for like a few years, you have more marketing experience than than you're probably giving yourself credit for. And you know how the basics of everything works. So the idea of a solopreneur is your value goes up when you're able to navigate um, the minefield, when you're able to simplify a process for a client. Now the other side of it is who's going to do the work, right? Because if I'm actually building a website, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not out
0: anything in my marketing (laughs) plan.
2: I'm not out doing my sales plan. I'm not talking to people. Now I didn't get in this business to become a salesperson. I got in this business because there's certain creative things that if you remove them from the business, I don't want to do this business anymore. That said, when I have the wrong clients, it makes me not want to do this business anymore. So in our planning stage, we may say, how much do you want to work a week? Really? 20 hours, maybe? I mean, 20 hours feels like 40 hours if you're really focused during those 20 hours, because even in the workplace, according to the Harvard Business Review last week, they said like only 26% of uh, people said that they actually felt like they accomplished what they set out to accomplish at the end of any given day in in the workplace, in the office uh, sphere. So if we want to work 20 hours and have the rest of the time to have a, you know, a nicer life, then it's gonna change the way we build our initial business plan. So for example, maybe I want to bring on one very talented person who does, I don't know, ad creation. Or maybe I wanna bring on one designer and one coder. And if the personalities of those people are a good match with me, then they're gonna be an asset, not, li- not a liability. Now, one of the problems is, is that if you bring on the wrong person, they become a liability instead of an asset. They they become dead weight. Now, in the past, there have been people who have built huge businesses, solopreneur style, doing none of the work. They simply, because they were very sick at the time. Um, one woman, I remember she was pregnant. She was on like bed rest for like eight months straight. I mean, just in very bad shape. And it forced her to build processes that you otherwise wouldn't have built. So you can find a white label agency and just spend your time out there selling the product if that's the way you wanna do it. Or you can spend 20 hours a week doing the jobs that you really personally enjoy and that you identify with and you can subcontract the others out. So there's a lot of different uh, ways that you can mix and match how you're spending your time and where you're implementing your strategy so that you get something at the end of the year that's a good fit for you and that brings in the kind of money that, that you need for your household.
0: Yeah, and I think just, just because you have a solopreneur type business model doesn't mean you have to do every single thing 100% all yourself. I think that can be a, a misconception on that. So let's, uh, let's look through here. I, I didn't make note of a few things that I think are pretty interesting that are, uh, that are included in this course. And I know you have a screenshot on there everybody can see uh, of, your, of your window open with all the documents you get along with it. But there are a few there that, um, that stood out to me that I wanted to ask you about. And the first is your contract so you talked about in, a, in some past interviews and, uh, and I think on the sales page as well uh, that you, uh, you haven't had a lot of trouble with having to enforce contracts or people not paying you, uh, which is something I think a lot of us have trouble with. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the contract that you've included in this?
2: Well, the contract covers everything, and I used to do things by a handshake until 2002. So from 98 to 2002, we, everything was verbal. And then I had to get the contract put together after that, after the, everything went down the tubes, something went bad there. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that authorized the site and was working with me with the design didn't own the company. Oh no. And when the owner found out, it was like, oh, and the company's still with me today. So at least we did something (laughs) right.
1: Oh <laughs> so, man! Yeah, my was... my spine got uh, got shivers just thinking of all of those cli- those, those clients that you worked with without a contract. That's just that's terrifying to me.
2: Uh, yeah, well, you know, I I looked at it like this. I did the web hosting too, so if they didn't pay, I just pulled the plug. And they fifty percent of their money. I say used to do a third, a third, and a third back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I do 50-50. But you never know,
1: not it's it's true though. I just want to reinforce that that like so many times I hear uh you know even people that have been in the in the business for a little while that they mention, oh no, I don't have a contract. That that can't happen. Like you really do need to work with one. And you know, it's 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 just I don't know, Kyle, help me out here. Because it's not like
0: I will represent those people in saying my least favorite thing about this business is having to write some kind of agreement and all these legal – like, I hate it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to send it to somebody. But damn, when it bites you in the ass, you really wish you did it. So uh, uh, having a good contract is very important.
2: I've asked every single client in 20 years, did you read the entire contract? Every single one of them said no.
0: Yeah, nobody does.
2: But what I've done is – Is there certain things that I don't want the the, I don't want scope creep to come in. So the wording is there to avoid it. So what I do is I create my contract and I create a short video and I go over the key points of the contract with the people. Should we go over this amount of time? This is how the billing is going to work. Should we go to this period of time? This is where it ends. Should you decide to add other things uh, to this contract that we didn't originally agree upon? This is how it's going to work. And so all of those things, your website also needs this done, right? The maintenance, the upkeep, all of that. Um, these, this is how much that service is, plus it includes the free web hosting. Plus, I told you guys about the premium web hosting also to be able to stick <laughs> that in it. Hey, hey, do you want to do you want like a cheap old I mean, you know, it's nothing wrong, but if you want the whole if you want fields of green all to yourself, here's the premium <laughs> here's the premium hosting for you. but um. So I have all that word there and I go over it in a short video, just like I do with my sales process. And I talk to the people, just one-on-one. Hey, you know, this is Jim. Here's the contract we signed. I just wanted to call your attention to a few things. Should this happen, which, you know, sometimes you'll realize we need something that we didn't include in the first one. This is how we're going to handle that. And should you not be able to get the information or stuff to me in a timely manner, which can happen. Sometimes it could be anybody's fault this is how we're going to handle that i've never again not gotten paid i've never had the thing unless one woman had a cancer scare and so her site went from three months to a year and a half she almost died and i said you know what i'm not keeping to the letter of this contract i'm going to do whatever i can to help her when she gets back on her feet again and we did and you know now we have a relationship that lasts the life of our businesses and she's an attorney and I asked her, "Did you read the contract?" No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think one, saving your butt one time. Uh, having a decent contract is worth almost whatever you pay for it. Because usually when a problem arises and something you should have had in a contract, it's going to cost you a lot more than having a decent contract would have cost you. Uh, so another thing on here that stood out to me was a, you know, and it goes along with contracts is a verbal proposal strategy. Yeah. Which so, like
1: to me, like I'm, I'm really curious to hear about this um, because all of my proposals are basically, you know, Google slides and, you know, it's, it's a PDF document at the end of it. Like I am curious what verbal.
2: But basically, um, when I go to meet the client for the first time, I have our first conversation, I have them agree to a contract right there on the spot verbally. So basically I have all of my pricing set before I go, I've researched the client, I know it's a decision maker. And then during the course of our conversation, I know exactly what is important to them and what isn't. So rather than go through send something into a already busy inbox, I want to get the commitment right there. Matter of fact, after the conversation, everybody's at like their, their highest. You know, It's kind of like right now, we're talking about something, we're extra animated and everything. After the cameras go off, we slough back to life. <laughs> so then, uh, that's kind of like the uh, verbal uh, process works when I do the proposals. I so say, you're going to get this, this, and this. Sometimes I actually keep a little recorder with me. That's too far over there. I'll go out of the picture. But it's a little handheld recorder. And I said, do you mind if we record our conversation? Works said, with your
0: cell phone too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. Uh, I'm getting old. <laughs> anyway. Do they have to beep you before the meeting? <laughs> it's the second it's like, time in to... a
1: couple of days that beepers have been uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> found
1: a way into their convers- the conversation.
2: And so I will make a proposal. Here, here's the thing. You're a business owner, not an employee. Right. So, if you, again, if I say I'm Jim, I'm a web designer. I'm a Jim, I'm a marketing consultant. Um, people see me, okay, you're kind of like just the other people that I hire to do a job. I'm looking to build a relationship with people. So I'm Jim, a business owner. This is the kind of business I run. So we're opening up the door to not only the topic that I've gone there to discuss, but other topics which are committed to it. What do you need? you need this, this, and this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of budget are, are you looking at with your advertising every month? they give me low end high end sometimes sometimes they just give me high end sometimes they just give me low end but a number is given right there i know whether or not they're a good
1: fit for me i just do the verbal verbal proposal right there and then hmm. and so that, you, go ahead i was just gonna say that the the other thing that uh that caught my eye and i'm pretty sure that uh it's gonna catch the eye of a lot of people in the uh, the admin bar because it's it's a, co- a topic that's brought up quite a bit, is uh, cold email scripts and video scripts. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think you have a unique approach to how you do this. It's not buy a list of a thousand people and then send them a generic email.
2: No. No, I, I research the person. So, um, And you can do this in Facebook also so for example you find a uh, decision maker you google their name you find out information about them how old where they live everything you get as much information as possible You, you have a mental idea of who it is that you're talking to so then what i do is i address them and i usually address them by name in the subject line because the first thing you have to get through is a subject line if you have the person's name in the subject line that's uh even if you have a boring you know hit the snooze button type of subject the fact that the person's name is there will go a long way for them to opening that up. Now, if you address them by name on the inside, you got to be kind of careful with this. Like if the doctors, if it's a doctor named Dr. Joe, like, hey, Joe, this is Jim. You know, right. you don't a little too it. personal. Yeah. You want to be a little respectful. Um, maybe Dr. Joe or something like that. Um, that's a little more personal, but, it, it, you know, it's acknowledging the person has you know, that title in front of them. Um, and then you open the conversation. I was checking out your website that I noticed this. Or you say something positive like, um, you know, I've been to your business before. I, I love I love this product, I love the service, I love the way the people interact. Anyway, I was at your site and this is what I noticed. I made a quick video. Here's the link below, and then I have how to follow up after that, how to follow up the third time. And the thing is, is that your your emotions, which are your biggest enemy when it comes to investing and running a business, your emotions will work against you as you go through this process. Maybe less so when you're making a little more money. It doesn't matter if somebody says no, but especially in the beginning when you're like counting the nickels and the dimes when you go to sleep and you're counting the nickels and the dimes when you wake up again the next morning when you're in that place, your emotions are going to like come against you like a tidal wave, make you feel nervous, make you feel inadequate. But it's like this. Um, it's just a simple social interaction. It's done in the inbox. You get right to the point. Think about commercials online. How long or on TV? What do they last? 10 to 30 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. 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 You do that and you invite them to open up the conversation. Now, the thing is, you might think, well, the guy didn't, or the woman didn't reply to me. She probably thinks I'm, you know, she probably hates me. She's probably like talking about how miserable I am. the fact of the matter is, is that maybe that she's just busy. So I have had a follow-up and I do it in such a way that it's not intrusive, but you don't wanna like take a negative stance on it. You don't wanna think that you're an idiot first. You wanna leave that option for last. At first you wanna think, hey, she's busy or she's distracted or my message is all the way down at the bottom of the inbox. And so this approach is is non-aggressive. It's not aggressive. If you consider sending a third email, I mean, some people it's like talking off a ledge when it comes to sending a third follow-up because if they haven't responded to the first two, maybe they're just the kind of person that they feel uncomfortable saying no. So I word it in such a way that I recognize that they could be busy or they could not be, maybe they're not interested. Hey, any of that's fine. I just wanted to you know, leave you with this. And so it, it brings the power back into their hands. It's not a hard sell and it's designed for people like us who realize that marketing is a necessity. And you know what? After doing marketing for so many years, I don't love marketing. I don't even love selling. I love the actual work and having people happy with, hey, I just help them improve their business. I just help them on their own road to success. The other things are necessary. It's kind of like, you know, do you love the fact that you have to brush your teeth and take a shower and get dressed every morning? you wish you could just do it once and it lasted for a whole week but no life doesn't work that way you know you have to everything weeds grow right if you ignore something weeds grow so this is a way of doing something that's sustainable easy to keep doing so that six months from now you're not going to be like this is just too much work and then you go back to your default mode
0: which is like keeping your fingers crossed that somebody calls or what you're good at doing nothing yeah. And uh, the the last one I wanted to make sure we we uh, checked in on was your sales prospecting map. Oh. So I imagine this goes along with uh, sending cold emails or trying, you know, who you're going to send these emails or videos to. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what the sales prospecting map is.
2: It's very simple. It's like a drawing, like a child did it. It's <laughs> a uh, it shows you that uh, here's where you are now. And here's what you do next, and then here's what happens next, and then here's what the sale, where the sale happens. The idea of all these materials isn't to weigh people down. It's to give them an anchor that they can go back to. It's kind of like, um, okay, we're going to meet somebody really important tonight, and we got to talk about this topic at this gathering. We're going to meet somebody really important. So we don't want to be like all business and salesy, but we, we want to keep on track somewhat Sure. So let's have some notes that we can refer back to, but let's not be so tied to the notes that we begin to sound robotic and rehearsed and that kind of thing. So everything I do is pretty short and to the point so it doesn't come across as rehearsed. And if you do it over and over again, it will become part of it. You won't need the templates anymore. You won't need the process anymore. You'll become your walking, talking, sales, marketing uh, persona that's able to meet people on a personal one-on-one level and, uh, and both parties will benefit from it.
0: You know, when you get better at all of this is when you start doing it a ton and it just becomes part of what you do. And as soon as you have to stop, as soon as you're able to stop thinking about what you need to do and you just do what you do, uh, not only does it become easier, obviously, but your results become so much better. You know, you have that confidence that this is, you know, this is how things work and this is what I do and this is how I can help. And that's what it is. And if you, if you want that, cool. And that's
1: man, creative. that goes a long way.
0: Yeah. You know, this, this business, as I
2: think about it, like 21 <clears throat> years down the line, um, I like, uh, I like variety in my, in my day. Like, I don't want to be a course creator, so to speak where I just sell and market courses, I don't want to be just a web developer or a marketing consultant or any of those one things, because I choke on those things individually, but when they mix together, it's like the flavor that they create in my own uh, personal experience is great because all I'm after is to be uh, that positive element in somebody else's in a client's business. And the easier that is to accomplish, that's the way I want to do it. So I have people calling me up all the time. You know, Jim, what about advice on this? It's not even something that I've had to advertise. It's not something that I had to put a sales piece together for, or build a course around. They just see me as a link to a world that, you know what, they're busy running their own businesses. They don't have the time to learn all this stuff, but we have Jim. And they trust you. And they trust me. So. if I, uh, yeah, I like to say, if I've done it, anybody can done it. If people say, oh, everybody says that, but it's true. We're all wired more similarly
0: than, than we realize sometimes, you know? I agree with that 100%. So uh, again, you guys can go to theadminbar.com/solo and check all this out. The last thing I want to touch on is really, it, it maybe maybe you've probably already gathered this. If any of this resonates with you, who is this for, and who is more, more importantly, I think too, who is this not for? Uh, so you list out some of these things on here, uh, and I wanted to, <laughs> I'll run through a couple of them, and I'll let you I- uh, expand on it. But you know, basically, the course is for solopreneurs, uh, people who are stressed out business owners uh people from beginning to intermediate or veterans who have hit a ceiling so tell us a little bit about kind of who those those per, those buyer personas are that you think we're going to fit well in this course
2: well basically what that comes down to is there are agency people on all different sides of the scale who are stuck you know they're they're small trying to become big but big doesn't fit well the shoes just don't fit so the idea here is to put the ten modules together so that I cover the complete topic but not lock people in so that um, again they're getting bogged down with too much information like some people may just need like the sales part but I encourage people that as long as you bought it right as long as you have all ten modules just go through the whole thing from start to finish at least one time and then go back with the information that's really relevant to what you're doing because A lot of us don't have a formal education and so we learn advanced things sometimes even before we learn basic things and we don't realize it because we've never been in a position where we had somebody who knew how the whole picture worked there to teach us. So that's really what the idea is uh, with this. I learned advanced things before I learned basic things and then had to go back and learn the basics after I was in this business for a decade already.
0: That's funny you say that when I you know, I, I worked for many, many years in a small in a small business setting before I went to school for business. And it was funny to do that in reverse order where most people would go get the education first and then and then go get a job. Uh but it was funny going through those those courses, a lot of them were night courses and stuff at a, at my college and uh just being able to go, oh. That's why the business struggled so much. Or, oh, yeah, they weren't doing any of that right. That makes so much sense now. Now that I understand these foundational things that, you know, I should have known in the beginning. Yeah, it's, a, it's eye-opening for sure. So lastly, uh, who, do you think, who do you think shouldn't join this course? I think, I think your points on your page are interesting. So tell me a little bit about who the people you don't think are a good fit for this are.
2: Well, the first point was people wanting to scan or rush through all 10 modules looking for like a magic silver bullet solution. And I really encourage people that think through the material. Here's the thing: If you buy a course for $1,000 dollars or you buy it for a100 dollars, the, the personality behind it usually doesn't change. In other words, people that are used to rushing through it will rush through it where they spend a dollar or ten or a thousand on it. So we're talking about. If there's anything (laughs) worth investing your time in and your focus in and really thinking through, you want to do this when it comes to your business. So, I mean, all of us think we know the right answer. All of us think we're using the best solutions that we have right now, or else we'd be doing something different than what we're we're currently doing. So even myself, I have to remain teachable because, you know, I learned from... Different types of people. I learn from newbies sometimes. They'll bring up a question I never even thought of, or somebody will pose something a different way. And I'll say, Well, that could be really valuable in this situation. So, in that way, the learning process uh, never stops. But I don't think you want to get caught in the classroom your whole life and become a professional student. Those are the people that have all of the information, but they don't have a working knowledge. They can't actually show you their bank account where they're actually making deposits as a result of using the information. They just have the information. So those—that's the first kind of person. Course collectors is number two. Um, some people just collect a course because it's on sale, like we do with plugins. You know, oh, there's a new lifetime plugin, a new contact form plugin, <laughs> or a new uh, membership plugin, or or whatever. I've done it too. Uh, but sooner or later, when things aren't working, you have to really just bite the bullet and say, you know what? I need to change and I need to take this seriously. This is my future. This is my life and I've got to treat it that way. And the third kind of person is, and this comes to that mental part again, sometimes, and we've all been here. Some every once in a while, have you ever had a thought cross your mind that you're just destined not to do well? I, I mean, it could be business, it could be personal, it could be family, it could just be anything. It's like, you're just, this is the way it is. And you make peace with it right sometimes older people make peace with the fact that hey i've had my whole life i'm not going to be you know whatever and you compare that with somebody like colonel sanders right who started his business when he was on collecting social security you know the late bloomers if you've made peace with the fact that you're probably never going to be very successful or ever have very much money then this course definitely isn't for you and i hope that makes people think i hope it makes even people get maybe a little mad for a minute or two, you know, because to, to be in that position is to do a disservice to yourself, you know, and I think each of us really needs to get out of the funk that is so easy to get into today when there's so many things wrong and there's so many unhappy people. I want to push against that current and I do want to succeed. This is the mindset. I do want to be a happy person. I do want to be a positive influence. And you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to fight and I'm going to get there. Failure is no longer an option. Because if you think it won't work, it probably won't. It's almost like you've made peace with the fact that uh, this is your ceiling. You've never gone any higher and you probably still won't. And you're okay with that. If that's the way you think, then this one isn't for you. And some people be like, "I hate that guy." I hate that guy. But hopefully, hopefully, like a day or two later, they'd be like, "You know what? He 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 does have a point there." Right.
1: <laughs> and and well, I, just following yeah. up with that uh, that that last topic there. Um, so, because you know, like the, the admin bar we cater to designers and developers and all of that, but it really seems like you know this this structure that you've got is open to not just designers and developers, correct?
2: Correct.
1: Yeah. Like any it's,
2: type of digital business.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we do probably need to get this all wrapped up here, Jim. I really appreciate you coming on and helping us out here. I want to tell you, first of all, I'm going to be, I already asked if I could be the first person to buy this. Um, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to settle for being online at the right time. Cause Jim didn't give me any like special link to sign up now. Uh, I would already have my wallet open, but I, if anybody is interested in joining this, I will see you on the inside of this. And I would love to have conversations with you about it, because this is something that I know is going to be uh, really good for me. And especially as we gear up towards 2020. Secondly, um, Matt and I both feel pretty strongly about, uh, about this course's material being really important to some people in our community, because I think a lot of people are kind of at this position where they're struggling or they don't know where to turn to next, or they need this foundation to get them going. So what me and Matt uh, decided we would do is we're going to actually um, give a, a scholarship, let's say, to Jim's course to somebody in the group. Uh, so we want to find somebody, you know, unfortunately, if we just randomly pick a number or name, we might get somebody in there that's not very invested in it. So what we'd like to do is have uh, you, we, we purposely put this at the end of this episode. So you've had to have uh, hung on here for a while. You got this so we you're invested right there. Uh, what you need to do is just email Matt and myself, uh, cheers at the admin dot com. We'll put that in notes somewhere uh, and let us know. Why you think this course would help you, uh, and what you'd be looking to get out of it? So you have until Friday the fifteenth, um, probably sometime in the afternoon. I don't have a time, sometime on Friday. Get it to us now. Uh, but tell us why why you think this course is important to you, what you think you could get out of it, uh, and and give us give give us your thoughts on that. We're going to comb through those and find somebody that we thinks uh, going to get the most out of this course. And Matt and I are going to buy a copy of it for you. Uh, so. Uh, I, I think Jim was offering to give it, but I don't want to do that. I want to pay for it. I want to support Jim on this. He's only charging $97. So, yeah. But I do, uh, for some people, $97 is tough to swing. So if you find yourself in that boat, but you think this would be really good for you, Matt and I want to help you. So uh, just send us an email, cheers at theadminbar.com. Uh, for everybody, one more time, you can go to theadminbar.com forward slash solo and check this all out. Doors open on Friday the 15th and they close on friday the 29th black friday Uh, so you have a a two-week window there to decide if this is right for you uh jim i really appreciate you joining us here and talking to us a little bit more about this is there anything that i missed that you'd like to add before we close it out here
2: no i I just uh enjoyed the time talking to you guys again
0: uh
2: and uh i love it Uh, looking forward to the next time we do this similar
0: I'm gonna selfishly arrange some kind of thing where we just hang out at least like once a month. I don't know how I'm gonna pull it off yet, but somehow I'm gonna I'm gonna hoodwink you into hanging out with me more often, uh, so I can steal more of your knowledge. Okay, All right. sounds good. <laughs> Matt, do you have anything to add before we close it up and get out of here? No, I think um, I know you're
1: running a bit late on something. And uh, I might hold Jim back here for a uh, after the credits type thing, um, which we do. I don't know how many people listen to those, but uh, there's usually something funny at the end. This time it's going to be a little bit more educational.
0: Okay, (laughs) awesome. Well, uh, I look forward to hearing what that is. Again, we're sorry we couldn't uh, make this all happen live today, uh, but we'll get this... uh, Well, obviously, if you're hearing it, it got done pretty quickly. That is our goal. All right. Well, guys, uh, just a reminder, if this group helps you in any way, the best way to help us and help support the show is uh, share and use our affiliate links. Check out our channels, subscribe, like us, comment in our Facebook group, and uh, be a part of this active community. Thank you guys very much, and we will catch you all inside the group. Bye-bye. Bye.